Empire. Content for the betters keeps proliferating. Gambling Twitter is, 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 a, is a law unto itself. And um, once we established that sort of freak trade in gambling Twitter, we've, um, we've managed to gain a, a lot of momentum, particularly over the baseball season when traditionally it's a, it's a quiet period for sports betting. That's Nick Slade, CCO of Cypher Sports Technology Group, where engaging with the sports betting consumer is their goal. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. We are officially in phase two of the sports betting landscape in the United States, where many of those states have legalized gambling and operators have gone after acquiring customers. So retention is now a priority, and that's where companies like Cypher Sports Technology Group come in. Our guest this week is Nick Slade. He's the CCO of Cypher Sports Technology Group, which is a leading provider of content and data solutions for the online sports betting and iGaming industries heading into football season. They have a number of partnerships to talk about, and we'll take the pulse of the content generation in the gambling and gaming industries in the United States as we head into football season. Hey, Nick, how are you? Hey, Bram. Good to be here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about Cypher Sports Technology Group. What do you guys do? So we're Australian-based. Uh, sports technology group that specializes in predictive analytics um, for the use of uh, sports betting uh, outcomes, predictive bets, uh, identifying edges against the sports books. We've been doing uh, on this online sports betting phenomenon in Australia for almost 20 years now. Uh, so when the US opened up and legalized online sports betting, um, a bunch of my, my co-founders and I thought that there was such a great opportunity over here to, to go after the world's biggest market. Uh, we couldn't resist, so we created Cypher Sports Technology Group, and we've been operating in the U.S. for a few years now, and our, and our customer-facing platform, Diamonds.com, has uh, just gone past its third birthday. Okay, take us through, um, we'll get to the American markets in a moment. Take us through what you were providing in Australia. So in Australia, we have a consumer-facing platform called statsinsider.com.au, which is essentially an Australian version of Diamonds.com.au, where we cover uh, all the Australian sports, Australian rules, rugby, cricket, and, pre- and create um, predicted outcomes for each of those events, plus tennis, golf, all the American sports as well, uh, soccer, English Premier League, La Liga. And what we do is we essentially run our predictive analytics AI machine learning models uh, and simulate each matchup and event over 10,000 times to create a predicted outcome. And we use that predicted outcome in, in the form of a probability and then run those probabilities against the sportsbook odds, which essentially are implied probabilities, to identify where the sportsbooks may have slipped up and, and, and allowed us to have a betting opportunity by maybe maybe underestimating uh, the chances of a certain team or certain player performing or winning. And when we when we have those instances, it provides what's called in betting in betting language an edge. Yeah. And uh, the key to profitability in sports betting, as we know, is to, to have an edge against the sportsbook and. That's what we hope to, to help our consumers with, and that's the information we provide. And it's all free, so uh, we've had great uptake uh, since launching these products, and, and long may that continue. Um, do you have data on outcomes and, and how well your edge has performed through the years? Yeah, so the, 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 the edge data is, is, is really solid. Um, we have two models, one of which is the version we use on the, on the consumer-facing platforms, which is 
designed to be more accurate in terms of predicting the outcomes of a game or a player performance. The secondary model we have, which we're looking at in introducing a subscription model behind, is designed and built for profitability. So really honing in on those edges. So while we may think that a team is only a 38% chance of winning on Sunday in the NFL, there may be a significant 10 or 15% edge against the sportsbook odds, i.e. their implied probability. So over the course of time and with a correct staking plan, bettors can actually be profitable on most of the sports on our platform by following the edges. The strike rate is not going to be as high, obviously, because more often than not, the edges are identified on the underdog. But as we all know, uh, in sports, uh, the underdog story is often the most compelling. So um, over, the, over the course of each season, uh, most of our models have been profitable for a number of years now. Okay. Um, and take me through kind of the evolution of the technology. Obviously, you guys have been doing this for a long time. And obviously, technology and data collection has changed dramatically in recent years. How has that kind of altered your approach? Yeah, so we entered the market over here in the U.S. Um, at a time when uh, sports betting was just really coming online. And prior to that, we, we had um, been building models out in Australia. Our, our chief technology officer, Daryl Woodford, is a, um, is, a, is a doctorate in data science and has been working on these models really for seven, eight, nine, ten years now um, operationally. Um, and originally we focused on the Australian sports, which is where we're headquartered, but now our total focus, albeit we have statsinsider.com.au in Australia, which is our, our local facing brand, 95% of our, of our efforts are focused on, on the US and, and tackling this market, which is very, very uh, data heavy. Statistics and data are everything over here. And essentially what we try to do is take a hell of a lot of complex data across a hell of a lot of data points and create something that is easy to consume and digestible for a user who may not be really confident sports betting just yet because it's still quite new. So we try and destigmatize the sports betting landscape a little bit and give Consumers who are maybe interested in sports betting, they're huh. sports fans, but they're, they're interested in sports betting, uh, giving them some information and some tools that they can use and they can find relatable and digestible to start enjoying sports betting. Because at the end of the day, to us, sports betting is a form of entertainment. Um, it's not a side hustle. It's not an income stream. Uh, it's a form of entertainment. We think that it should be treated that way. Okay. All right. So that's interesting because what you described in what you're putting together really sounds like on its face something that would appeal to a more seasoned better that understands the markets and is looking for an edge. Yet you're, what you're saying here is you're trying to attract more nascent or casual sports bettors. So how do you kind of bridge the gap of the information you're providing that seems it would be really inclined to more seasoned bettors as opposed to the larger marketplace? That is a great question, and that is exactly our strategy. So we use content. Independent content is the key. And that's the niche, the niche we found out here um, is that the value, immense value of independent content helps sports bettors and casual bettors, recreational bettors, if you will, treat sports betting as a form of entertainment. So what we do is we take all this complex information and we use our consumer-facing platform, diamonds.com, and a number of different partnerships of which the mlssoccer.com is one. And refine this information into really relatable pieces of content, editorial content, social content, digital content. We're not a platform that has um, journalists. We don't create news items. We don't break stories. What we do is we create content around 
very complex data and we deliver it in a way that editorially is really easy to consume and on social media, visually easy to consume. So we call it visual communications. Yeah. And visual communications is a, heat, a, a, a huge part of our strategy because in this day and age, people want information as consumable as possible. They often don't spend you know, 40 minutes reading through a, a complex piece on data analytics around you know, who's going to win out of the Eagles' death on, on, on Sunday. Um, so we deliver it's really easy to consume. And it, again, it's back to that demystifying this this uh, stigma around around sports betting because it's so new, right? Up until recently, gambling was something that was kind of frowned upon. It was done down the dark alleys behind a, behind your local sports bar. Yeah. Nowadays, it's in the mainstream. And and our job and our responsibility is to highlight the, the entertainment that comes from sports betting, but also the fact that there's a hell of a lot of complex information that goes into what's going on at the sportsbook ends. The sportsbook's lines, especially with NFL, are so efficient because they've got data scientists, they've got modelers, they've got analysts, they've got pricing guys who set the market for these for these particular sports for betters to bet on. And what we're doing is we're grabbing all that information and then delivering it to a user in a way that's really uh, informative, really simple, taking the complexity out of it and helping them get involved and, and tread into the sports betting landscape with an element of confidence, knowing and feeling like they have a good grasp of what's going on. How are you thinking about disseminating this? Because it's clear who you're trying to attract, but the casual sports better is going to have a hard time finding this unless it's put in front of them because the seasoned gambler's looking for this information. The casual, the casual sports gambler is not necessarily looking for it. So how do you think through disseminating the information that you have to, to gather the audience that you're trying to attract? Yeah, there are two answers to that question. One is our visual communication strategy on, on social media. Um, we very quickly built up a large following, particularly on, on Twitter. Uh, Instagram has been a bit of a slower burn for us. But um, gambling Twitter is, 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 a, is a law unto itself. And um, once we established that sort of street cred in gambling Twitter, We've um, we've managed to gain a, a lot of momentum, particularly over the baseball season, when traditionally it's a it's a quiet period for sports betting in the US. But we kind of owned the narrative each day around sports betting and betting on baseball, and creating contest pieces like round robin um, parlays, uh, first up, will player A hit a home run, yes or no? And what that's done is it's allowed us to create a community of people each day who are riding along and tailing our bets. And as a community, that, that momentum just keeps building, building day on day. And it's allowed us to get reach that we probably never thought we, we would be able to get in, in, in such an early stage of the journey. As I said, Diamonds has only been around for just gone three years. Yeah. And the second part of that question, uh, or the second part of that answer rather, is, is SEO. So while we can't necessarily compete at the moment around key terms that, you know, Action Network covers, uh, the sports books them, themselves are, are owning, what we can do is provide search results and content for people who are looking for what's the best bet today? Who will hit a home run today? Um, what's the best parlay on Wednesday night NBA, for instance, when the season's on? And that's allowing us to introduce ourselves to, to that casual sports better because while there's a bit of trepidation around maybe taking that first step and placing the bet, the interest and the curiosity is, is at an all-time high. I mean, the industry itself is absolutely booming. And you'd have to say that, you know, 
most men between the ages of 21 and, and 50, if they're, if they're sports fans, probably have some kind of some level of curiosity around sports betting. And it's our job to, to introduce ourselves to them and, 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 and highlight the fact that it's actually not as scary, intimidating, um, as complex as they may have thought. They give them a, an experience with our website that makes them want to come back because they can get player props, they can get predicted box scores, they can get predicted scores for a game, they can get um, percentages and probabilities around who's going to cover the spread, who's going to win at the money line. Um, in our soccer models, we've got you know the most likely correct score predictions. You know, it's a grid essentially saying that there's an 11 percent chance that Inter Miami will beat Nashville 2-1, um, and it's just allowing people to engage with that content potentially before they take that first step into actually placing a bet. And we know that when they're ready to place that bet, hopefully they'll come back to us and, and consider joining a sports book through our platform or even just use their information for their own entertainment. Um, you've mentioned dimers a couple of times. Obviously, you're with, we introduced you as with Cypher Sports Technology Group. Obviously, dimers is part of this. Can, can you tell everybody what dimers is? Yeah, so dimers is a, is a sports betting and content platform um, that aims to make sports more bettable, essentially. Um, so we cover all the major US sports, including the college college, uh, college football, college basketball, PGA golf, um, ATP Tour Tennis, WTA Tour Tennis, EPL Soccer, La Liga Soccer, MLS, obviously, which has been a, a huge opportunity for us since the little Argentinian maestro signed uh, into Miami a couple of months ago. And um, we just break down complex information essentially. Um, it's a content platform, we don't take bets. We do partner with the sports books who um, essentially pay us an affiliate fee for finding a customer. We're totally independent. Uh, it goes back to that around the, 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 the immense value of independence in content in sports betting. We don't lean with any particular sports book. We don't promote any particular sports book based on um, a relationship that we do or don't have with them. What we do is we identify which sports book has the best odds for the bet that we've identified with an edge. So one day it could be, you know, suggesting that our users use Bet365 to take a home run bet. Uh, the next day it could be, you know, saying Kings has got an edge on um, the Yankees to win tonight. So we're very agnostic. We're bookie agnostic. And our service is totally catered towards the user, the sports fan, the sports better. Uh, we want to give them the opportunity to have an edge against the sports book, which at the end of the day is the key to profitability long-term. Um, you had mentioned that you, Dimers and, and Cypher obviously have a partnership with the MLS, um, you know, of the attractive leagues of vol volume betting. Clearly soccer is behind some of the other sports in this country. Can you talk about what you see in the opportunity with American soccer as they try to build up a betting market? The opportunity with soccer in this country is, in my view, nothing short of phenomenal. Um, I think with the World Cup coming up in a few years' time here in the US, Canada, and Mexico, it's going to be massive for the sport in this country. Uh, obviously, Lionel Messi signing with Inter Miami a couple of months ago is an, is an indication of the intent from Major League Soccer to attract these big stars and, and invest in creating a product that's going to capture the imagination of, um, of American soccer fans, American sports fans, really. Um, it's a sleeping giant in this country, absolutely no doubt about it. Has it got a lot of work to do to claw back ground on, on the NFL and NBA? Absolutely. But I think the momentum riding into uh, the World Cup here in, in 2026 is, is going to be astronomical. The MLS's uh, 
at all time high viewership viewership numbers now. Um, Messi has propelled the sport into a whole new stratosphere. Yeah. And the MLS's approach to, to sports betting has actually been really fascinating because they they could have gone down the, the route with um, a sports book, much like the NBA did with, with DraftKings, but they see um, and they see the value in in that independent content um, piece that I spoke about before. The M- the last thing the MLS wants is to have on MLSsoccer.com one of their beat writers providing tips for um, a game that night or suggesting that you know that, that, that betters should place a ten dollar bet on Messi to score that night. Like there's a huge integrity issue there, and the fact that they um, have come to the decision to, to, to be totally independent when it comes to their sports betting content and engage a company like us to provide that is testament to where, where I think they're going and, and, and their strategy is very clever in that respect. Um, integrity is in everything in sports betting. Integrity is everything in gambling. Uh, and without integrity, you don't have trust. Without trust, you don't have a market. So their approach has been, I think, spot on to, 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 um, in terms of how best to tackle it. And we're halfway through the, our first season of that relationship and, and long may that continue because there's enormous upside in soccer in this country that the APL, the Premier League soccer in England is, is a huge view, huge, has a huge viewership here in, in the US. And I think the MLS will be snapping at the heels in, of the uh, Premier League in no time in terms of viewership numbers, especially now that Apple TV has the right to huh. every single game on the, on the schedule. Uh, last thing, because you've mentioned Messi a couple times. Uh, this is not the first time that the MLS has attracted a worldwide star. David Beckham comes to mind years ago with the LA Galaxy. Maybe to a smaller degree, Zlatan Ibrahimovic came and played in the United States, and now we have Messi here. Why do you think this one's, I agree, it feels different, but why do you think this is different this time, that this is maybe a different inflection point for them? Yeah, great question. Um, so, Messi's Messi. Um, with all due respect to David Beckham and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, they were probably never considered the, the, the greatest player of all time. Uh, Messi is undoubtedly. Um, just recently won a World Cup, which is kind of the, the final feather in his bow and he needed to achieve to put that debate to rest. Um, and I think the MLS, they've got two case studies now to learn from. Like the legacy left by Beckham was short-lived. The legacy left by Zlatan, I'm not, I'm not even sure if there was one. Um, so they've got a couple of a couple of previous examples of maybe where they dropped the ball uh, in terms of um, uh, pursue, um, in terms of keeping that momentum rolling and the legacy of those guys playing in the league. Messi's deal is constructed differently as well. I believe he's going to take um, some kind of stake in, into Miami once he's once he's retired, if he hasn't already. Um, and I think he's shown a commitment to the sport in this country that potentially David Beckham uh, and Zlatan didn't. I think maybe early on it was more about the commercial agreements and the commercial side of things with those guys, where I think I get the sense that, that through the, the construct of the deal that Messi has a, 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 a far bigger commitment to promoting and increasing awareness and participation in soccer in this country. And that, like I said, that momentum into the 2026 World Cup, I mean, the timing couldn't be any better. He's going to play a few seasons here at Inter Miami and before you know it, the World Cup from around the world are going to be playing in the world's greatest sporting spectacle on the doorstep. So I think it's a, it's a good question and one that the MLS is no doubt asking themselves internally, but I think the, the previous examples of Beckham and Zlatan give them a, a heap of intel around how to make sure that they don't let the, the messy legacy fall by the wayside like perhaps the other two did. 
Nick Slade is the CCO of Cypher Sports Technology Group. Thanks so much for joining us. No problem. It's great fun. On the next Future Sport Podcast, monetizing your social brand. I'm suggesting that, you know, the content creators themselves develop these followings because not only they sell, not because they sell brands to these people, but because they are interesting, they're captivating, they want to see their content. And so we're basically allowing influencers to productize themselves and sell themselves to their fan base in a way that previous legacy social media platforms don't really allow them to. That's Solo Cisse, co-founder and CEO of Galaxy, a modern platform that helps those in personal branding monetize their posts. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.